This is Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. It's Sunday, November 20th, 2022. It's been a little while, and I just wanted to check in with you on this whole winter time as we move into winter. Voice is a little crazy, so health-wise, caught some COVID about uh, two weeks ago. It was like a bad cold, three weeks ago, maybe. Just a bad cold, so... Um, tested negative for COVID, assumed it was just a cold because everybody was getting it. Moved along and, uh, you know, still worked out every day. Not Nothing big, just a couple of days where I wasn't feeling great. Um, and then all of a sudden lost my taste and uh, smell. And so did some testing again and found out I had COVID. And now I'm well beyond it. But I still have a bit of that throat and nose thing. And I think I did some reading and found out that actually uh, COVID has morphed into with a cold virus genetics. So you kind of feel like you have a cold initially, more so than before, I guess. And it kind of tricks you. And then it uh, gives you the symptoms of a cold. And then COVID sort of starts to try to do its thing. But apparently it's it's waning quickly. So um, I actually feel like pretty good about the whole thing because I do know there's some antibodies now floating around for this new strain of junk and I'm good with it anyway that's why the voice is a little weird today I want to talk about winter planning and uh, one of the things I want I'm encouraging this is like a little I guess uh, commercial 30 seconds here if you are working for a large organization or if you have the ability I'd like you to go if you could to wildflowerbeefarm.com have a look at our corporate sponsorship opportunities pretty excited about this idea where uh, corporations uh, can sponsor us in a very reasonable way get involved with what we're doing our goal my goal is a one for hundred which means for every hundred acres of farmland in North America we have one acre set aside for wildlife and hopefully natural pollinators or even a hive if, if someone is able to do that you can put one or two hives it's probably stretching it but if you have a good acre of well-planted forage for bees and pollinators and bumblebees and all of that you're probably going to be okay with one hive but you may do two so that's our goal continue to do our research and our work here uh, on the farm and the funding certainly helps with that and then also to take some of that uh, technology and that expertise and you know be able to provide a package of seeds for people who want to turn an acre back over to nature Uh, we're hopefully going to have a better idea about that as we move into the spring and we'll be buying or getting some packages for to give to people so that they can do that and then the other side to that is to um, continue with our data collection here just just to give you a quick note um, right now as we sit here um, our monet sensors m-o-n-n-i-t i think i've got a i should call them and just say how do you say it? i, I want to say monet but that doesn't make sense so it's monet i think incredible job we're talking 1500 plus feet from the hive to this uh, this internet connection here at least 1500 feet probably more and still sending in regular data so what we have there is i have a hive that is um definitely has no activity in it there are no bees the entrance uh was uh closed off before any mice could move in so we could have sort of a controlled temperature and right now it's minus six celsius at 69 percent humidity i have one hive that i'm a little worried about it's a um a nuke and it, it was kind of weak but i wanted to leave it but anyway it's a it's a too high so it's a double nuke and we have a sensor at the top so at the very top where the the hole there's a there's a circular hole covered with a screen uh on the top and in that area is the um 
sensor, we're talking 4.2 degrees Celsius and 41.5% humidity, relative humidity. Now, as we get down to the hives, we have one hive at uh, 14 and a half uh, Celsius and 21% relative humi humidity, another at 13.7 Celsius, so almost 14 degrees Celsius and 28% humidity. We have another hive at uh, 11 degrees Celsius and 30.9, uh, almost 31% humidity. Now, how does that matter? Well, I'm a little worried that you know, when it's minus six out there, the very top of the hive is still this warm, which tells me there may be a lot of bees in there, which always worries me when it comes to the amount of food they're going to need to get through the winter. Although all the hives were stacked with food, you still wonder about the size of the of the cluster or the size of the bees inside. Now remember, at 10 degrees, they can move around. So if we're 14.4 degrees or 13 and a half at the top, it looks like these bees are going to be able to continue to move around the entire uh, hive or most of it anyway. And that's that's a little strange. The, the nuke, the double nuke, where it's 4.2 degrees Celsius, obviously if there are bees in that hive, they're going to be in a cluster because that's just too cold for them to be able to move around. Now, there could be an artifact. The sensor may have moved so that it's no longer covering the um, actual hole. But the good news is, is the relative humidity because as, as the temperature changes, we usually get a lot of condensation. And it looks like our, you know, our internal boards with the, um, with the shavings, the wood shavings is doing its job in keeping the bees warm. Uh, by the sense of they don't have to worry about water dripping down on them, which is a which is a good thing. So that's the, the really the power of these sensors when you can sit in your warm house and have a look at how your bees are doing. I put them strategically around the property from uh, quite a distance away to fairly close so that we could, uh, because remember we're still talking about microclimate, so a little area where one hive may be uh, is very different with temperature and uh, wind and all of that uh, compared to another. So we'll see how that works out. Starting to winter plan. So there was a section of, uh, if you remember, we talked about the weed police. So there was a section of the uh, property where we had a lot of purple thistle because of the drought this past summer. Purple thistle is great, but we'd like some more variety. So I took a small section and probably about five acres we cut with a bush hog when everything was finished blooming going to disc it down and plant some uh, yellow um, sweet clover because it seems to be the best for this uh, microclimate. The yellow clover uh, forms a nice root system and then it um, it blooms every other year. Now interestingly enough the white clover did a very poor comeback after self-seeding. There wasn't a great deal of it. The Alsic was probably, Alsic clover was probably just second to the uh, to the yellow sweet. We'll see what happens this year. Uh, the um, tall grass prairie, the, the most exceptional one we see is the uh, wild uh, prairie rye, I think it's called. And it's just it's just popping up all over the place. It's a perennial, which is exciting. I didn't know that. I thought it would re have to reseed, but it not only does it reseed, but it also comes back from where the root system has established itself the year prior. So it's pretty exciting. We have that all over the property, and, and it's gradually, hopefully, going to be a prominent uh, tall grass prairie um, option here on the farm the final point in you know we talk about as servant beekeepers looking and uh, listening to our beehives so now that we move into the winter 
if you remember, we, we only open our hives once or twice a year anyway. We would never open them this time of the year because if you do, you're, you're pretty much increasing the risk of your hive uh, dying. You'll break the propolis seal and you'll also introduce cold weather, cold air, which can damage the larvae if there should be any, although this time of year there shouldn't be too many in there. But you can damage the bees. You certainly stress them, and uh, which will then make them... Um, need more food and also make them more susceptible to disease. So one thing we have been experimenting with is the FLIR uh, thermal imaging camera where we'll go and take an outside picture of the front of the side of the hive and you'll be able to see by the um, by the thermal imaging where the cluster actually of bees will be and I'm going to experiment with that this week and you'll be seeing them on Instagram and we'll also uh, post a few of them on our uh, Wildflower Bee Farm site. So this is a busy week for us. We're, we're going to be doing a, a direct um, uh, educational uh, pitch to different uh, libraries and municipalities about our corporate sponsorships opportunities. So one of the things that came to mind this week, and I'll sort of leave you with this thought, you know, we saw the economic uh, and environmental, mainly environmental uh, conference in Egypt where, you know, everyone from the world came in to look at the environment and what we should do and all these theoretical arguments and kids were protesting and I even saw a nine-year-old uh, give a speech which, you know, no disrespect, but what does a nine-year-old know about anything? So that was kind of disappointing uh, that again, it's uh, a child who probably doesn't really know the full implications of what they're doing. I say, look, plant something, you know, get a shovel out, take something the size of your kitchen table and turn that into a you know, a little wildflower oasis. Or in our case, if you're part of an organization or a company and you really want to start to, to make a meaningful change, become one of our corporate sponsors. Go to wildflowerbeefarm.com and just read what that sponsorship will entail. We'll do a short video directly for you to use on your social media. Uh, we'll get your staff involved helping us. Um, and if you have any questions or you just want to talk about it, you can go to um, wildflowerbeefarm.com, click, click on corporate sponsorships, and you'll be able to um, find out the direct contact with me, even my direct uh, cell phone uh, number. And what we can do then is when you look at what we have, so on that site at wildflowerbeefarm.com, we not only have the 24-7 cam, which I know today with cold weather, you're not going to see anything, but just keep an eye out for those warm bursts when the bees want to get out and uh, go to the bathroom. Um, but the other parts we have, we have the coloring book um, section where we have, uh, I think, over 60 coloring book pages from the farm. And there's also a section on videos and educational uh, programs for kids, things you can do in your house, and also lesson plans for teachers. We commissioned with uh, Patrick McGarry, Masters of Education and Teaching. He's an excellent, excellent uh, resource in this area, and he's created very specific lesson plans based on our videos and some of the information we have so please have a look at that it's all free you don't even have to register to use it and that's what's made possible from our corporate sponsors particularly right now our our farm sponsor osrclinics.com who are graciously uh, sponsoring us for next year as well so we're excited about our farm sponsor but we're looking for corporate sponsors so that we can expand our one in hundred program and start ordering some wildflowers and grass seeds for the spring and just do some things to make our world a better place. I'm Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. You have an amazing day. We'll talk soon.